God, if it's in your heart, let it come out. Genesis chapter 37, amen. Genesis chapter 37 and verses number 13 through 17, hallelujah, amen. Here in the King James Version, it uses Israel here, which is Jacob who became Israel, hallelujah. Just so you know, you Bible scholars, verse number 13, and Israel said unto Joseph, do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said unto him, Here am I. Love that spirit, like that spirit. When the, when the Lord calls you, when the Father calls you, here, here I am. Verse 14, he said unto him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flock, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. Verse 15, and, the, and a certain man found him. And behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flock. And the man said, They are departed hence. For I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. Don't know what I'm going to do with this. Maybe the wrong title. But as I prayed here last week actually the only title I could come up with and I just had to I'm just claiming this as being a title from the Lord I got a choice here I can choose and my title is simply this good grief I don't know if it'll just get past just you know that or what I'm, I'm going to touch on it just a little bit but there is a thread of a thought of hardships. It, in fact, it's almost in every one of my messages. The reason for that, the hardships, the struggles, the battles, the storms, the lion's dens, the, always something between where we are and where God's calling us to be. And it's called trouble. It's called physical sickness. It's called pain. It's called agony. It's called grief. And so I just picked up a little reference book and I was looking under grief and and you know we use this 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 phrase this we use good grief as something you know totally different from what it means it doesn't mean that grief is good it, 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 you know it's just kind of like something that's awful or something that's hard we'll say good grief we get too much pressure on us we get too much too many things coming we, you know that, that's that's a statement it's maybe a slang or something good grief I don't know if it's a curse word or a slang or what, but, but if you stop and look at it, especially when God said all things work together. To them that love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose. Then in that case, grief can be good. There are people who never call out, would never cry out to God as long as the bills are paid long as the health is good, we're not hurting anywhere. Wife's still treating you halfway decent. You know, so, so, no, but when we get in the valley, when hardships come on us, when the pain hits us, then we do cry out. When the grief hits, then so maybe grief is good. Maybe, maybe we can use it for what, not even what it was intended to be. Good grief. No, no, it is good. Look around at somebody, bless them. Amen. Bless you. Good to see you. Stretch the truth a little bit and tell them how pretty and how handsome they are. <laughs> bless you, bro. Love you. 
Bless you, Brother Thompson. Appreciate you guys. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Our story of Joseph here. I think it's a great setting for us. Thank you, Brother Thompson. I was in the office, but I did hear you teaching today. It sounded good to me. Amen. The good word of the Lord. That's the only thing that we, that, that's going to keep us. That's the only thing that we can build our house on and be guaranteed that in the storms, no matter how severe, our house will stand. Build your house upon the word of the Lord. Times are changing. Amen. But God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so whether we shout about it or whether we just sit and drink it in, doesn't matter whether it's preached, whether it's read, whether it's taught, doesn't matter. If we receive the word of the Lord, that some of us prefer uh, how to receive the Lord, you know, different from others, that's okay, doesn't matter. Just so it's the word, just so it gets in your heart, gets beyond your head and your knowledge, gets in your heart, that's what counts. So it doesn't matter if we preach it, if we teach it, if we read, it doesn't matter. Amen. Get the word of the Lord. Sunday school time is good. Preaching time is good. A little word thrown out during praise and worship, it's also good. Just remember the word of the Lord. Amen. But Joseph was a character here. Uh, awesome person, a type of Jesus Christ and his suffering. Amen. But unlike many Bible characters such as we could bring we could name a few, David and and Peter, this young dreamer, Joseph he appeared to follow God's plan with precision. He just didn't seem to make a Bible. Yet there was a time here in our text where when Joseph was confused, amen. Our text tells us that his father instructed him to go to Shechem, all right, to check on his brethren and check on the flock uh, of sheep. Joseph obeyed as usual, and uh, when he had arrived at Shechem, neither his brethren nor the flocks could be found. But scripture says that Joseph was wandering, wandering, amen, in the fields. The Hebrew word for wander is te'ah, okay? And, and it could be uh, interpreted as vacillating or going astray even. Wait a minute. This is Joseph. This is the one who always did right. This is the dreamer, the one with the right spirit. One translation said he was staggering as if intoxicated. That's what wandering means. Amen. In this field or in this pasture. Joseph was not, in other words, he was not strolling through the field in Shechem. He was staggering. Joseph was confused. Think about it just a moment. Amen. The problem was, and, and I'm going to relate to some of us right here and now. He had obeyed his father's instructions without the desired results. Anybody ever been there? I did what God said. I obeyed the scripture. I'm trusting my pastor. I'm showing up. I paid my tithes. Amen. I came to the altar. I did it again. And then yet nothing happens. This is exactly where Joseph was. I did what he told me to do. That was in his nature. That was part of his makeup. Amen. You see, confusion is that is that low point in life when we've done what we know to do and done what we've been told to do it or asked to do, amen, without the desired results. You know, we didn't receive the promise. 
I, I, I did everything. It's probably folks right here that just did. We did everything. And we didn't get our prayer answered yet. Hallelujah. Think, think about it a minute. You know, some of God's creation or his creatures uh, that, he, that he created, they have what we call a, a homing device. They, they have, they, they, in their instincts, they, you could put them anywhere you want. You know, there's camels. They, they tell me a snail just has a, a sense of direction, and they can just, a snail. You see that snail just moving along very slow. You almost have to get a magnifying glass to tell that they're even moving. But they, there's, a, there's a sense of direction. A pigeon. You know, in fact, they call them homing pigeons. They used to send messages that, you know, strap it with a, a rubber band on their foot and, and, and on their leg, and they would turn them loose, and they would go home. But you know what God did? Let's, let's, let's take another one. Let's take another. I, we read stories about animals like the family pet, the dog or the cat, being left at a restaurant or a truck stop somewhere hundreds of miles from home on vacation maybe. By accident, the family drives off and leaves the little family dog or the cat on the side of the road somewhere, in a roadside park somewhere. They, they, they go back, they can't find it, but, but sometimes weeks or even months later, this hundreds of miles this little animal has traveled, and now it's on the front doorsteps. Somehow or other, there's a device built in, created. They, they don't know how to read a road map. They don't know north from south, east. They don't know that. You know, they didn't even get through first grade. But here they are on the, how did that happen? God built that. Unfortunately, God called his creation, the human race, he called us sheep. <laughs> and you know what? Sheep does not have a homing device. You know, they can eat grass over here. You know, I've read stories about sheep. I, you know, uh, and, and they'll just, if they get it, if they do all right as long as they can see the other sheep, this is for some of you folks who don't feel like church is very important. The shepherd's very important. That's what I am. That's what this is up here, shepherds. You, when that sheep gets out of sight of the shepherd, it is in danger. It is in danger. That sheep don't know which end is up. They, they will wonder and they will get lost. There's story after story of this. And so, so we don't have a homing device. That's why we have to stay close to the church. We have to get as close to the shepherds as we can because they give us direction and they keep us going in the right direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, all of us, watch this, like sheep, amen, have gone astray. Praise God, a sheep just gets lost. Not only that, a sheep can lay down sometimes and get too comfortable, especially if they're fat and they got a lot of wool on them. They can't get up. And you know what? They're vulnerable to wolves and bears and lions and it, if there's no shepherd around to 
pick them up and lift. Anybody ever just felt down and you just felt blah? And then you got to the house of the Lord. Amen. And they and they cranked up on some some music and some songs that created a spirit of praise and worship. And it just it just lifted you up. The master shepherd just kind of got his hands under you and just picked you back up again. And and you began to think, well, yeah, it is worth it to, to all the effort that we put forth and all the sacrifice to get to the house of the Lord. And, and so I, I'm back on my feet again because God's presence has helped me and blessed me. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need church and we need help, every one of us. That's why we preach against this independent, I can make it. Oh, no, you can't make it on your own. Amen. You are a sheep and you get off by yourself. That's why, you know, not too long ago, Brother Thompson and I visited a lady, a preacher's wife. Uh, you know, we knew there was situations, there was problems. Now, she preached the very thing to us that I preach quite often. Uh, her husband had left her. He had remarried. and and uh, But we got to thinking about it. She was all alone, not alone, had our kids just struggling, trying to make it. This is a preacher family here. And and now she would have thought, uh, you know, somebody would have thought she'd been talking to me or Bishop Wright because he preaches this all the time, and I preach it back to him. That, that you've got to stay close. You've got to stay in touch. But you know what? They didn't fellowship. They didn't show up at anything. Never saw them. Where's this guy? I don't know where he, you know. Well, she spoke to us after she told us her horrible story, her bad situation. She said, I think our organization should have a rule. She said it, didn't she? Now, this is a person, you know, most of us don't want rule. Oh, don't tell me what to do. I'll come if I feel like it. If I don't want to go, I won't. You know, we all like that independence. But she said, now, she was a woman that had been through it, and she saw the results of being independent. She said, I think the organization ought to make a rule that the people ought to show up, and they have to show up to so many rallies and so many fellowship meetings and conferences in order to hold license. You can't hold license with this organ. You know why? Because you separate yourself out and say, you'll start getting new doctrines. You'll start believing something that, you know, somebody preached on TV somewhere that don't believe fat meat's greasy. Amen. And so, so we need to be together and stay together and pray together. Amen. And work together and disagree together. Fight our way through whatever. But we are together. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Never is our confusion so great as when we're alone. Joseph was alone that day in Shechem. He was staggering in the field. You know, I think fog is a proper metaphor for the feeling of, you know, people have when they are following the, the formula and it's not working. That's where, they, that's where Joseph was. He did what he was told to do. Number one, number two, this, then this is supposed to happen. Oh, you know what? This is when God lets us know again that he's God. Heaven is his, is his throne. The earth is his footstool. And you do everything you're supposed to do, and then still nothing happens. There's our opportunity. Well, I tried that. I used to throw people off all the time. 
you, you need to pray. You know, I, I, it was a joke, but I'd say, well, I tried that, and it didn't work. You know, especially spiritual praying people, they just throw them off every time. They'd look at me real funny. I'd say, it's a joke. <laughs> Prayer does work. It just doesn't work when you think it ought to work all the time. It just doesn't, you know, move God around like he's like a bellhop or somebody. No, he is God, and at the right, he knows best, and at the right moment, at the right precise time, then God will move in your situation. I've had people stand right up here. Well, if you believe, then it's going to work for you. Not, obviously, you're not believing. That, that's hogwash, folks. I, I think I can talk to you. You get a good hot event, and I'm not against the event. I'm far advantageous. But, but you can tell whether they've been through it or hadn't been through it. Chad made the statement up here. Uh, Nicole, you reminded us of it the other day. I, people that hadn't been through it, I'm not listening to them. I'm not listening to very much they have to say if they hadn't been through the valley of the shadow of death, if they've not been in a lion's den somewhere, if they've not struggled and suffered. And, and, and according to the scripture, it's not because they've been bad. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said, neither one of them. It has nothing to do with what's going on with him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Folks are in a fog when they do right and do everything right. But, yet, but I have heard people like, well, it must be something wrong. must not be. No, I am believing. I believe God just as powerful as I've ever believed he's been. I've never wavered on that. I've not wavered on the doctrine. I believe that, that a man must be born again of water and of the spirit. And I believe that, that that direct reference from John 3 and 5 goes straight to Acts 2.38. When the Holy Ghost was being poured out, amen, they were talking in tongues and acting like drunk folks, amen, that was what Jesus was talking about, amen, that born-again experience. I've not wavered on that. I'm still preaching what God has revealed to me as truth. And then there's some prayers that I've prayed that still God has not answered yet. And I believed God was going to give them to me the next day. And some of them has been 20 or 30 years ago that hadn't got them yet. My dad believed back in the 60s that God was going to come back before he died. You'll never get to preach my funeral. I, and he believed that, and I know that he believed it, yet he's in a grave today and has been in the grave since December of 1982. So no, no, you can do everything right and follow all the steps and all the directions, and yet it not happen. What are you going to do? That's when trust comes in. Amen. That's when your faith is really tested. But those folks who say something's wrong, they're the ones that fall by the wayside after a while. Somebody needs to get a revelation. Amen. I'm glad for miracles. I'm happy to bring the hot evangelist in. And, and it works. Things do happen. But they, listen, no matter who we bring in here, or no matter how, how I get on this faith thing, and I believe I have a little understanding of faith, and I can preach and teach faith. Amen. There will be some things happen, and we'll continue to do that. But there's always some folks who believe, and they didn't get their prayer answered. Where are they? They're in Shechem. They're wandering in the field. Amen. Amen. They're in the fog. They're confused. What are you going to do? We'll just keep wandering. We're not stopping. We're not going to quit. Amen. The message of God is still true. He's still God. Amen. He's still coming back after his church. 
a Harvard valedictorian. A little story I want to read you here. Once said that the sum total of the college experience came or could be reduced to a single word. She said it was confusion. Contrary winds blow against us, folks. We might as well get rid of scripture, all right? Amen. It, it, these are the last days. Mixed signals from mixed multitudes abound. Get ready for it. Amen. We can hardly hear the voice from behind us that says, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Amen. It's hard to understand. Amen. Listen, but this lady, amen, Joanne Rawlings, author of the Harry Potter books. And by the way, I've never read any of those books, but it had a good thought here. Before she hardly got started on the book, her mother died. Her abusive marriage ended, and she was forced to raise her daughter on a meager salary. Years later, Rawlings spoke to the Harvard alumni gathering. On, she spoke on the fringe benefits of failure. I'm talking about good grief. She said failure meant a stripping away of the inessentials. Had I really succeeded at anything else, she said, I might never have found the determination to succeed in the one area where I truly belong. She said, rock bottom, listen to this closely, rock bottom became a solid foundation on which I built my life. Listen, we don't, we don't believe that in Pentecost. We don't believe that in Christianity. In fact, we start right where we are and we begin to expect God when we raise a little finger, we get a twinge in our big toe. We expect God to run to our rescue. He didn't with any Bible characters I know, amen, that made it to the word of the Lord. Amen. But Shechem would be Joseph's rock bottom. That would be his foundation. Listen, it's the only time in his life that he staggered and stumbled. I mean, what a pristine life that he lived. I mean, he just didn't make a Bible, but here... He stumbled. Without this time of confusion, he would have never discovered what God had for him. Are y'all listening to me right now? Amen. This, this story tells me again that God is right there in the midst of our failure and right in the midst of our confusion, right in the midst of our grief. Somebody came here today, just barely made it. Somebody came here today not expecting very much for God. I'm just, from God, I'm just grieved. I, you know, I'm losing faith. I don't think it's very, it's going to do much good. You know, you're, you're the one God's talking to, and you're the one I'm talking to. That's right where God is. Without this time of confusion, amen, Joseph would have been a nobody. He'd have just been a simple dreamer. Just dream on. Just have spiritual dreams. Ooh, ooh. Hallelujah. Praise God. But you see, God shows up when we are at our wit's end. As long as you're still fussing and cussing and griping and complaining, guess what? You'll just keep on doing that. Amen. But when you get where Job, where Job was, what you going to do now? He said, even though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's what God was waiting on right there. It, what, what difference does it make whether I've got money in my pocket or not? It makes a lot of difference to us. I don't think it matters a whole lot to God. God wants us. Hallelujah. He wants every bit of us. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. But God shows up. Amen. At these bad times. He shows up when our losses begin to accumulate. Ruined reputations. Discarded dreams. Lost fortunes. I mean, you know, I had it made. Amen. I mean, the list seems endless. Amen. But, but here's what we have to remember. No loss is pointless. Oh, I wasted my time. I was just, no, 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 no. No, there's a point in that. There is an eternal, eternal purpose for everything that happens to us. That's how we have to look at it. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it's going on. I don't know why I'm suffering. I don't know why I can't get a break. There is a point that God is trying to make here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joseph's name means addition. Did you know that? Addition. That's what it means. Hallelujah. Amen. But he was no stranger to loss. He was no stranger to grief. Oh, my name is addition. No, we're not adding anything. We're taking away a few things right now. Hallelujah. The, you know, I read somewhere. I wish this was original. Amen. But it said, they said, the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle. They have known loss and have found their way out of the depths. They just kept a good spirit. They just, you know, they just acted right. They didn't let conditions and situations and problems and, and, and these things, they didn't let that determine who they were. There was something deeper inside of them that came forth, amen, out of them, that wonderful spirit. I'm going to treat you right no matter how you treat me. But it came out in all these troubles. Grief and loss are the building blocks of character and a lot of other things. You get people who when they don't get their way, they get mad. Well, you need more trouble and you probably will have more problems. You'll probably be disappointed and let down a lot more times until you get to the place where, you know, you're just going to have a good spirit no matter what. That's what this is all about. If everything, anybody can ha be happy and, and, and laughable and smile when everything's going their way, there's no test. Amen. But when things are not going good, hallelujah. Amen. All I have to say about it is good grief. <laughs> anybody ready to get your blessing? That's how you do it. You keep a good spirit. You keep a right spirit. You get a Joseph spirit. This is one of those messages. This is one of those messages that could just go on and on because you're preaching right now. Your your mind is preaching, Amen. So what we have to do is determine, Amen. God, I, I, yeah, this is this is a struggle, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my heart right. I'm gonna keep my spirit right. We talked about it not long ago. When we go through the every every church does it. When the, when the church goes through those what we call dry spells. You know, some people pray through in the heat of this thing and, and we're crowded. You can't, there's no space at the altar. Everybody's running to the altar and, and it's exciting and people's falling out and talking in tongues and we're splashing baptismal water all over the place and, and, and like, ooh, we came in in a fire. And then when that thing finally levels on out, 
then there's folks who begin to wonder, you know, oh, what's, what's the deal? What's, who, who's sinning and, and, and who's missing the will of God and who's not, you know, all of those kind of things. That's all right. It's okay. It's okay to think that way. It's normal, though, to have dry spells. In fact, it's got so crazy at times and wild here, and I make them stop. Hey, sit down. I'm preaching. That's a good problem to have. <laughs> you think y'all going to run away without me? Uh-uh. Mm-mm. No, I got something to say. <laughs> so you're going to sit down and listen to me? That's a, that's a good problem. It hadn't, we hadn't had that problem lately. <laughs> but you think I'm worried about it? No. The church is strong. The church is well. Hallelujah. We're doing all right, regardless of what some people think. There's folks who think just any minute it's going to cave in. Listen, if this was my doing or, or your doing, or you, then maybe it would. But this is God's deal here. God ordained this place. God called the right people here. God's in charge here. He's running this show. There's not enough devils in hell that you could turn loose in this place. Because it's built on the rock, folks. It's built on truth, so we don't have to worry about it. So stop worrying. Hallelujah. Just show up and worship and praise and magnify God and thank God for what he's doing for you every day. Hallelujah. Thank God you're not in the morgue or in jail. Hallelujah. Just remember this. Joseph was a dreamer. He dreamed of, remember the she, oh, how spiritual he was. He dreamed of the sheaves bowing down and the stars bowing down to him. But, but, but he was about this deep. That's what some of us do when the gifts of the Spirit, the folks we say, ooh, ooh, they, they have the gift of prophecy. They, they spoke in tongues and somebody, ooh, how deep. It, it goes, it's a gift. It's good. And Paul said, pray earnestly for the best gifts. But here's what he said to do it for. Do it for the edification of the church. Don't do it to build yourself up and stick your chest out more and say, look how spiritual I am. Look how close to God I am. No, no, that's not what it's for. Amen. Joseph was the dreamer. But there was things that he didn't see. He did see some things in his dream, but there are some things he didn't see in the dream. There's some folks got something from God and say, ooh, that's a revelation from God. I promise you something. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm not trying to be bigger than you and more. I don't know. I just got to make a point here. Let me tell you something. There's some things you don't know yet. Why? Because God is going to see to it that you don't know. While Joseph was dreaming and seeing some things, amen. Listen, here's what he didn't see. He never saw himself staggering in Shechem. He did not see himself in the pit in Dothan. He could not envision being sold to a traveling band of Ishmaelites or stuck in a prison. And he didn't see that. He got to dream and he got to, you better be careful about operating in the gifts. And listen, and I want you to pray for him and we're going to let him loose here. And we do. Amen. If you just work under this ministry and under the authority that God, God gave you here. All right. Amen. But there's something, amen, that, that God holds back. Amen. It'll move you into a different arena and you can be in some real trials and real tests if you don't, if you don't watch out. Hallelujah. Listen, there are, this is what this is about. There are hidden parts in every God-inspired dream. What do you mean? Stuff that you can't see. 
stuff you won't get a revelation on. God allows us to see just enough and hear just enough of the will of God to position us in a place where we can move on to the next level or on into the will of the Lord. That's how God works this thing. A certain man, and I'm trying to close, a certain man, when he was wandering and staggering, amen, told Joseph what to do next. Go to Dothan. Now, we talked about it the other night. Why don't we stand together? Sister Melissa, why don't you come? I think you got the gist of the message here. Amen. A, a lot of scholars, a lot of Bible teachers, uh, especially some Jewish rabbis and teachers feel like when the Bible said, I think, I think some 30 or 32 times in the whole Bible that the statement, a certain man, a certain man. Now, I, I'd never paid much attention to that. A certain man, that meant what it, what it meant, certain man. But many of those feel like, and I think two-thirds of the, that was in the Old Testament. Uh, but those scholars feel like that uh, that certain man was like even an angelic presence or a person, a, a messenger angel. And some even believe that it was the same angel of the Lord. When the, when the Bible says angel of the Lord, See, since if you're oneness like us and you believe that God the Father does not have a body, you know, the Catholic Church has put a body on him and a white robe and a long beard. No, no, that's why the Bible said no man hath seen God at any time. He's invisible. He's omnipresent. So when he wanted to show up, he took on the body or the form of an angel. And the Bible said the angel of the Lord came to wrestle with Jacob all night long. Hallelujah. And many scholars believe that was God. I do too. But this certain man who showed up in the field to give direction to Joseph, who was wandering in the will. Anybody feel like you just, every once in a while, you just get to a place of wondering, is there an end of this? Or This certain man. In fact, this is the first time in the whole Bible, first time in all that that he was ever said. This is the first time when God said a certain man showed up. And, and notice what the certain man did. Now, you're right where your father told you to be, but the certain man told him, you got 15 more miles to go and send him to another place. Anybody ever feel like, man, I'm right here. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm right at the will of God. And then a certain man shows up move of God divine move of the Lord hallelujah praise God he said go to Dothan I mean so profound was Joseph's experience at Shechem that many years later he commanded his family to bury him in Shechem so it doesn't say a whole lot about it but, but, but obviously there was something that, that moved Joe. And, this, and remember, this guy said, you know, this certain man, he sent him in to struggle and test and, 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 and right into, you know, hardship, severe test. So you think that was God sending a guy into trouble? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> it's, it looks like that to me. 
It looks like God is saying, this is where you need to go. God headed him right into the storm. Put him right in the quicksand, right up to here. Nose was the only thing up. Barely made it. But you know, while Joseph was in prison in Egypt, there's a little scripture, a little statement that God was with him. God said, I'm not going to send you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you in the pit. I'm going to go with you with that band of Ishmaelites. I'm going to be with you in Potiphar's house. I'm going to, when they false accuse you, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bring you out. And when you come out of there, you're going to be a different man. He was just a young whippersnapper, a dreamer. Sure, it was God. But he had to go through some tests. You ever see a guy drafted in or join the military? They think they're something. But they go spend that six or eight weeks in this horrifying boot camp. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, I've seen it for years, especially during wartime. We've seen our friends and our buddies. They come back. I'm going to tell you. You could just look at them. Nobody had to say a word. You look now. There's a man or there's a woman. They done been. They've been through hell on this earth. They they have been pushed to the brink. They have been stretched to the breaking point. They had to do that. And our military leaders, they know that that's what's needed. They put them through what's a real what it's equivalent to a real battle. Their wits and their and every muscle strained to the point of breaking in their body to get through, but they become real men and women when they make it through that. This is what God is doing. And that's why he said, put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Let's put this thing on. We got a battle to fight and win. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just remember this in closing. Amen. Shechem was the doorway to hardships and severe tests that took Joseph into maturity. That's why when the dreams began to come true, they began to materialize. When all his brethren who had, his brethren who had sold him out probably cursed him and spoke evil of him and threw him in the pit and sold him. You know the story. Years and years later when he had been through prison and all the stuff that he'd gone through, when they bowed down to him, there was the fulfillment of that dream, the sheaves and the stars. Listen, he had the power and the authority to throw every one of them in prison or he would say off with their heads. He had the authority to do that. Yet the Bible said he went into an inner chamber and he wept. You know Why? He had been through some hardships and some struggles. You know, they, they, they say this, I've heard this before, that, 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 that the most dangerous place that you can place authority is in the hands of immaturity. You give somebody authority that doesn't deserve it, they can be very, very harmful to, to you. We need somebody, and that's what God's doing. He's getting us ready. The road to maturity in other words, hardships and pains and disappointments. The road, I mean, it, and, and let me just throw in grief while I'm at it. Amen. With a certain man. Praise God. Can we just look at grief just a little different? That's my whole point today. And when somebody says, good grief, you say, yeah, sure. 
Been through some stuff, yeah. Maybe that certain man that we met, maybe he, he directed us right in, into this. Somebody's still working, looking for a smooth road, wide road. God never promised that. God said there's a broad road that leads to destruction. Who wants to be on a broad road that's going the wrong way? Give me the rough road. I'll take the gravel road. I'll take the bumpy road. If it's, it's going to get me to the right destination. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God thanks. Amen. For grief. Let's give God thanks for trouble. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let's say Jesus on the main line. Hallelujah. Some of y'all come help me out just a little bit. Amen. I need all the help I can get. Praise God. I think God's getting us ready to come out of these hardships. But here's how you got it. Listen, you're gonna, you may come out of them just as a survivor. But you can come out of it, amen, as a true warrior. You can come out of it with, with us now. It has to be different in the church. Amen. We have to come out with the right spirit. We have to come out with the right attitude. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus, when they stripped him, they beat him, humiliated him, everything you could possibly, things that are probably not written, they did to him. He was bleeding. He was dying. He looked out over that congregation or that crowd. Now, here, here's where it's at. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they, they, they don't have a clue. That's where we have to get. I, I preached about it two or three times. Couldn't get off of it. Forgiveness is the most powerful weapon that any of us could ever have. Amen. Oh, oh we want to do some damage to people. Well, you want to do some damage to the enemy? Amen. Amen. Forgive them. And, and the day, listen, all the, all the miracles that Jesus did, all the raising of the dead, not, listen, nothing ever happened at least in the elements, like it did when he said, Father, forgive them. Because when he spoke those words, the earth shook, the Bible said. Amen. The sun refused to shine. Graves, there was a resurrection. The graves burst open. The veil in the temple that separated normal people like us from the priesthood and the holy place. The Bible said it rent from top to bottom. What was going on? He just released the most powerful weapon in the universe. Forgiveness. It's a tough one. It's tough. But that's what God's asking us to do. Amen. Amen. Love your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Boy, you talk about fighting words. You cross up with some, some folks. Man, you know what I mean? Whew. You, got, you got a fight on your hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother, Brother Sister Ruck, I made a, made a, a joke because I've gotten to know the people down at the dentist office, you know. And uh, I guess it's, is it Laurie? Is it Laurie that's in there? Really sweet. And she's just such a nice, she goes to this church, this Methodist church right up here. She tells me about it. And, and, and while we're waiting on the dentist, we have little chats and, and we talk about the Lord and about the church. And, and so, you know, when the dentist came in, I said, you know, she's, Laurie's such a nice person. And he said, she sure is. She's been there like 20 years. And, and I said, you know what, I never want to start a fight with her. He said, what do, you, what do you mean? She was like holding her. She was like laughing. I said, because she is so nice. You got to watch out for nice folks. 
Oh, listen, there's something down in there. <laughs> and so I made a big joke out of it. Man, somebody's nice as her if I ever did get her stirred up. She'd put a whooping on somebody. It made her day because probably I touched a nerve of truth in there. Somebody being nice to you and then you do them wrong, you better watch out. It takes a Holy Ghost. <laughs> you know, we'd be kind of like that guy that was fishing that time, got in a fuss. Years ago, they told us about a guy that was fishing that had their boat. You know, and, they, this guy, and somebody came up and started throwing their line over into his fishing spot. And he, was, he was catching fish. And anyway, there was two in each boat. And the guy said, he said, you know what I'm fixing to do? He said, I'm fixing to lay my Holy Ghost right down on this old log floating out here. I'm going to lay my Holy Ghost right down on that log because I got some business. And, and just go over and whip the daylights out of that fella. And they said, that's what he did? He said, when he got back, that log had floated off. <laughs> that's what happens when you do stuff like that. You know, just don't, don't lay your Holy Ghost down for anybody, all right? Amen. Just keep your Holy Ghost. Don't do what your flesh feels like it wants to do and needs to do. Hallelujah. I, I always hug Brother Solomon when he comes by. And I'm always going to be good friends with him. Amen. Amen. His kids, too, because they, they, they know some moves that, that I don't know. I'm going to be nice to them. No. <laughs> I'm going to be nice. <laughs> it's easy to do that. I mean, he trains people. He trains people to hurt other folks if they want to. <laughs> Got a good spirit too. Don't mess with nobody. Hallelujah. Man, I listen, I want that spirit. Do, do you listen? You got to get to the point, kind of like Brother Nugent used to do, and I've told this over and over. I think the Holy Ghost, we can have the Holy Ghost to the point. I mean, you know, that you can get it. I don't know if you can get a touch of the Holy Ghost or you can just get feel I, I think you can just get running over with it. Where that when things that normally would just really, really get you going, it would like do, turn the crank. Uh, I think that the Spirit of the Lord could actually make that thing, it could, it could hit you different. It, like it, it could almost be funny, and it could be funny. Like when somebody cuts in front of you, when somebody breaks in line, you know, just open right here. You're in line in the checkout. And then somebody just comes right and they look right at you and they get right in there. You're like, mm, that ain't happening. You know? And you know what? We're, we're such a, we're such a, we're geared up in such a way that, that even though we're not in a hurry, then we are. It's the, it's the idea of the thing. I ain't no better than that. They saw me standing here. And you want to take action. And sometimes we do. Hey, hey, what the deal? <laughs> Where it could actually be funny. Anybody can, I'm, I'm trying to reach somebody right now where anything just aggravates you. Just, uh, well, the Holy Ghost can take that same thing and it could just, you could have a good belly laugh over it. <laughs> wow, look at that. I really believe what I'm preaching right now. In Jesus' name. When th somebody don't fall in line with you, it can be funny. Or it can be frustrating. You can get mad enough to cuss the dog and kick the cat. Or it can just be funny. Well, Amen. hallelujah. Praise God. Mm -hmm. 